Hello everyone and welcome to the second edition of The Gorilla Position. Uh, my name is Mark Horton. Uh, some of you who listen to this show may remember me from uh, All Blown Up, my previous podcast. I feel kind of like Troy McClure every time I say that. Uh, anyway, uh, as always, I am joined, or I will forever be joined by my, my co-host, uh, the, uh, the, the, the boo-boo to my yogi, I guess you would say. Well, welcome back to the show, Matt. Thanks, Mark. It's good to be here. It's a shame I didn't bring you a picnic basket. Uh, right. Well, or or we're at a park. At a park. Um, before we get started on this week's show, I want to uh, personally, and I'm sure Matt will agree with me on this, and I thank everyone who downloaded and subscribed to our very first show. It was a, a very promising start as far as the numbers go, and we hope to uh, earn your uh, download and subscription every single week. Would you like to say anything to our wonderful uh, listeners? Just Thanks for hanging in with us, and even though first shows for any podcast are rocky, we think we put out a somewhat quality product, and we appreciate any support you give us. Absolutely. And a little bit later in the show, I'll be reading one of the comments that I got on Twitter uh, regarding uh, some some comments made by our my, my, my co-host here. Uh, if you want to tweet either of us about the show, feel free. You can do so with Matt at Yappa Matt, Y-A-P-P-A Matt, all one word on Twitter, and you can hit me up at what you say, Mark, and you would be just the letter and not the word. So, what you say, Mark, and you can uh, give us your thoughts, and maybe, possibly, potentially, uh, your comments will be read on the show if they are either either entertaining, insightful, or if you're going to troll us, we might make fun of you. So, just letting you know. Okay. Before that. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It's bound to happen sooner or later. All right. Uh, the, the, the primary... Uh, focus this week is going to be the Royal Rumble that just took place this past Sunday as we're recording. Uh, and and as, as you may, you may have not have seen it. If you haven't, I would encourage you to watch it before you listen to the show. Otherwise, we're going to spoil the hell out of it. A whole, whole just... lot. <laughs> you could probably skip a few of them. We're going to give you a <laughs> you're going we're going to give you a match by match rundown. Then after that, Matt's going to go who are. Raw SmackDown highlights for you this week because luckily they both aired at the time of this recording. So let's dig right in. We're just going to go match by match. We're even going to start with the pre-show that I had to watch in the second sitting because I don't care about pre-shows. Um, I did watch the matches on the pre-show. I did not watch the, uh, I did not watch the, the uh, whatever it is, the hype for the other hour and a half that it was. <laughs> so the, the talking heads, as sportscasters are called. Yeah, I, I, a little bit of Renee Young and Booker T goes a long way with me. Um, let's start off with, actually, there was it was originally scheduled to have two matches on the pre-show. Then they bumped it to three for reasons, I guess. So, let's get right into it. First up was the six-person tag match, where we saw uh, Alexa Bliss, uh, Mickey James, and Natalia against Nikki Bella, <sighs> Becky Lynch, and Naomi. Matt. Enlighten us. How did you feel? What happened? Well, if our listeners paid attention last week, I predicted this match perfectly on. Um, if I think it only went about five minutes. Mickey James, I don't think, was ever actually legal in the match either, which was a disappointment for me. But the, the highlightless match ended with Naomi pinning Alexa Bliss after hitting a spring or a split-legged moonsault off the right corner, which... Wrestling fans would know as a regular move for one Rob Van Dam, but for Naomi, it's a finisher. Well, 
She has a lot more ass than Rob Van Dam, so it probably has more impact. I'm not going to comment on that. You look at the woman, she's look at her, she's built. <laughs> so, built. Yeah. That, that's the technical term, I suppose. Yeah, well, we try to keep it a little bit professional once in a while. Uh, did, did you enjoy the match? No, I'm not really. I mean, I was expecting it to be on the main show, and honestly, I expected it to be like twice as long as it ended up being. You've got six women in this match, and it, it didn't seem like any of them had time to be showcased properly. And I guess that's why they threw it on the pre-show, because they didn't want to do much with it. it. It's definitely a skippable match, in my opinion. Here, here's the problem. Raw does this a lot with the cruiserweights. It's hard to get anybody over in a six-person tag match. It's really, really difficult, especially if it's new talent. They do that with the cruiserweights all the time, and then they wonder why nobody even rolls it. And you know, the crowd's all sitting on their hands. But in this match, they had some established talents. There wasn't anything to write home about. I would agree with you on that. Uh, nothing, nothing special. Uh, of course, you know, like you said, Naomi pinned Alexa Bliss, which would be a theme this week, as we'll get into later. Uh, yeah. So it looks like they're definitely setting Naomi up to challenge for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And since she now has three pinfall victories over Alexa Bliss, counting her match before she went on Hey, hey this, I don't think there's a chance she'll actually get the title at this point. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. Uh, she'll, she'll never be the champion as long as Alexa Bliss is the champion, not because of she doesn't deserve it, but because if you beat the champion like three different times already, well, chances are you're screwed. Um, so, <laughs> and she's she's been challenging the point before when she got injured. So she's used to coming up short in that regard. Yeah, she's been chasing that title since AJ Lee had it way back when. I know. It's, it's, it's been a long journey. Uh, the only title match we saw in the pre-show was for the Raw Tag Titles as Anderson and Gallows faced Cesaro and Sheamus with, count them, not one, but two, count them, two referees, at ring, one at ringside and one in the ring because the last time we had that match, two referees made it all that much better. And, if, yeah. and we got new tag team champions. What was your prediction for that match again? Uh, I, I called Sheamus and Cesaro retaining, I believe, because I didn't see them losing the tag belts so soon after winning them and on the pre-show. Color me surprised. <laughs> Do you think they... Uh, should, so you think they should have kept them longer so you disagree with the ending? or? I, on the one hand, I think that they should have kept them longer because now they're just back to bickering and not having the belts. But on the other hand, if the club didn't win it here, then they were just dead in the water. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like it's it's six of one, half a dozen of the other in terms of who should have won. But I mean, I, I'm not mad that the club won. I, I'm I'm glad that they're getting some sort of return on their investment of leaving Japan almost a year ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure I don't know how you feel about this, but the Raw Tag Team Division is well. To quote Ole Anderson, the shits. It is, uh, it, it is really abysmal. It, there are no new teams. They have actually, I think they have fewer teams in SmackDown, and it's it's really starting to wear thin and show. As a result, uh, I didn't, I did not care who won this match because the tag titles on Raw have very little value at this point after the last team that held them for like well over a year and beat everybody four times. It's just like, oh well, these are all the guys that are just, you know, it's their turn now, I guess, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But that being said, the SmackDown tag champions weren't even on the show. True, true. Luckily, they did make it to SmackDown, though, so we'll get to that in a little bit. So, yeah, I didn't really care about this match. The tag division in Raw is pretty lackluster, to say the least. Uh, as, for the, uh, as for the two referees being there, one of them got taken out with a bro kick. 
which you would think the precedent set on Raw a few weeks back meant disqualification. But no, the other referee just came in and counted the fall regular. So he saw it too. It wasn't like he wasn't looking at it. He was he was watching the rat the whole time. He was like, okay, he went down. I got something to do now. And yeah, he, so <laughs> the booking didn't even make any sense to me, and it, it was just a big shit show. But the club won. They're the new tag champs, so they got something to hang their hat on now, at least. Mm-hmm. Nice. Congratulations, I guess. You've won tag. <laughs> you won tag titles that no one cares about. Good job. <laughs> Uh, the other match on the pre-show, which was honestly as short as it was, and it might should have been the first match on the pre-show, uh, Nia Jax versus Sasha Banks. And um, uh, I read on a couple of reviews where some people called this a squash. I'm not sure it was total squash, but we were definitely in the vicinity. What you think? I think it was a competitive squash, if that makes sense. <laughs> Sasha was able to get some offense in, but it just seemed like a very condensed match. So I'm not sure if it was designed to make Sasha look weak, but it certainly wasn't doing her any favors. Supposedly, uh, if you are to believe the uh, uh, rumor and innuendo, if you will, uh, this is all supposed to be leading to a Sasha heel turn. I don't think Sasha's ever been a face, really. She's just been the lesser of two evils, as far as I'm concerned. She, the way she talks, the way she acts, she doesn't feel like a face to me. Plus, she doesn't really have any reason to be really proud of herself lately because she hasn't won a match in a while. You know, no, it, it, she it, hasn't it, won a match since she won the women's championship on Raw. It, it's hard to be the boss when you keep losing to the employees. You know. Yeah, and if you if you add this one, she's what zero for five on pay per view now. Whereas Charlotte's like you know twenty seven and zero or something. Yeah. Yeah, Charlotte's the Goldberg of the women's division. That's true, but by this time, by this time next year, she'll probably match Cena and Flair uh, as far as Ooh. title reigns go. All right. So, was you was you a fan of the match? Did you enjoy it? Anything? Was anything? I mean, it was what it was. I predicted Nia Jax would win because Sasha and Charlotte have happened a million times. They wanted to try something new with Nia, so it, it did what it was supposed to do. I just I would have liked it to be a bit longer, not just because it to protect Sasha, just to get more out of my money's worth. Which is weird coming from a network subscription, but still. Well, yeah, at least you got your $10 worth, I hope. Um, moving right along, we're heading on into the actual pay-per-view, the part that people actually had to pay to see. Uh, and they kicked the show off with the Women's Championship on the line with Raw, on Raw, I should say, with uh, Charlotte defending against uh, uh, the, the the high chiefess of Hugonomics. Bailey, what you got? What you think? That can't be a thing. <laughs> I, I sincerely hope that has not been coined. Although if it has, that's got Byron Saxton written all over it. <laughs> we'll get to him in a minute, too. Go ahead. Uh. Um, uh, another match I predicted correctly. Uh, this was a much better match than the two women's matches that were on the pre-show, so made sense for this one to be on the main show. Um, Charlotte ended up hitting her uh, natural selection on the apron, which... They've been putting over the apron as the most dangerous part of the ring now for months, so I guess it makes sense to the narrative they're telling. And it certainly looked good off the middle rope there. Uh, Charlotte wins perfectly clean, which is refreshing to see Charlotte winning. And once again, Bailey loses on the... Once again, Charlotte wins on a pay-per-view, which means Bailey loses again. Do you think they made so, the right decision? Yeah. I, I, th- I think Charlotte going over here made the most sense. If she's going to lose on pay-per-view, you might as well make it memorable and have it happen at the Mania. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Raw does have one more network special before Mania, so she fast might get lane. Yeah, Fast lane. 
Yeah, so she'll probably get another win there as well, and then eventually drop it at Mania. I think she'll move on to face Nia at Fastlane and have some kind of outside interference ending the match. Either Bailey or Sasha or someone's going to be like, I want the title match, not Nia, and it'll lead to some clusterfuck at Mania. That's my official prediction. Much, much like the tag division on Raw, I feel like the women's division on Raw is equally weak because you basically got four people, you know, and it's kind of, you know, SmackDown has more women in the mix, but Raw is just kind of, it just kind of circulates around the same three, and now now. So. Yes, SmackDown has seven active women that were all on the show this week, plus Maurice, who can wrestle. Exactly. So Smack, SmackDown's got seven and a half to eight women, and it has an hour of less time than Raw does. Yes, and somehow, like I said, the Raw Women's Division is really weak, much like its tag team division. As far as this match goes, I, I, I'm pretty sure I predicted this to happen, too. Uh, there's no reason for Bailey to get it here. I assume she's going to win, unless they do some kind of a weird fatal four-way or some kind of stuff at WrestleMania, which would be kind of ridiculous. Uh, I assume she'll get it there. If they do a fatal four-way, then she shouldn't win it at WrestleMania whenever they do that, because that, that cheapens it. She needs to get her you know, her face moment of triumph, and it doesn't come again. And those don't happen too often in Fatal 4-Ways, so. Well, it might cheapen it, but it would also be a way to get the belt off Charlotte without beating her on pay-per-view. Well, yes, that would be helpful. That would be helpful for them, because I know they really have a hard-on for Charlotte. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and she is an excellent wrestler. I'm not, you know, don't don't, don't mistake my words for, oh, you don't like Charlotte. Well, God, that's not the case. It's just, I've seen this, yeah, I've seen this before. <laughs> um, uh, that was... Uh, this was on the. I, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but this may be the first or one of the first Royal Rumbles where every match on the undercard was a championship match. Of course, that helps when you have like 27 championships like WWE does right now. But either way, uh, Universal Championship on the line, no DQ, and Chris Jericho in a shark cage. Because, you know, that just screamed at who was going to win that one. Uh, Kevin Owens over defeats Roman Reigns after outside interference from Braun Strowman. And a pair of brass nuts that I don't know where Jericho hid them, but wherever he pulled them out from, I hope he cleaned it. What do you think? Um, I think they came from underneath his scarf, actually. Oh, well, that's even better, because usually it goes somewhere a little lower. Uh, well, for the benefit of this podcast, we're going to say that it was under his scarf. <laughs> um, well, they, they telegraphed that Roman Reigns wasn't going to win the title just by the booking of this match. He's been looking stronger and stronger every week on Raw, it seems like. Um, Jericho and the Shark Cage didn't even make sense after they announced that it would be no disqualification. And much like Ellering did on NXT back in November, Jericho still found a way to get involved in the match. And it wasn't enough, surprisingly. Roman Reigns kicked out of a Superman punch with brass knuckles. And I don't know about you, Mark, but I kind of felt like that was a bit stupid. It kind of made Roman Reigns seem like Cena from back in 2006 where nothing could damage him. Right after he kicked out, which, this is just a side nitpick of mine. After a big spot like that, don't put your hands under on top of the guy at the one count, showing everyone you're going to kick out. It's it just, Kurt Angle was amazing at this, at just kicking out instinctively at like 2.9. Roman Reigns looks like he was ready to kick out before the two count. Well, of course, that's Roman Reigns. That's how he, he is the big dog, after all. Yeah, um... It, it, much like every Roman Reigns match, his opponent was the fan favorite. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wanted Owens to win, and, and he won. Uh, it, it's kind of interesting to me that every time Owens defends his title, somebody helps him. 
you know. And I, I get that he's a heel supposed to be, and that's kind of what heels do from time to time. But there are other ways for heels to win and retain titles than just outside interference all the time. That's like right. Charlotte. Charlotte won clean for once. That's right. So it can be done. It is possible. It is very, very possible. Uh, but I can't remember the Kevin Owens title defense where he did that. So uh, maybe I'm missing something. Uh, um, are, you, are you counting NXT? Uh, well, this title. Universal. Uh, no, this title has been Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. <laughs> well, now Jericho and Strowman. So, yeah, so he's starting to build a posse. Uh, <laughs> or, or, or winning the belt thanks to Triple H. There you go. Uh, see, he, he hasn't done anything. Uh, but he can win. He can win non-title matches without help all day. He beat Sami Zayn every other week. So, I mean, <laughs> just, despite it, the fact that they've had their last match ever. Yeah, they've had that a few times actually. Um, yep. Either way, uh, nobody's surprised by this. I assumed if one title didn't change, the other one would, and that's kind of what happened anyway. So when the Universal Title did not change, and with the way they booked it, as far as no DQ and Jericho in the Shark Cage, and you know all the fans who don't like Roman have to go to the bathroom, whatever it was. Um, yeah, it was. Pretty obvious Kevin Owens is going to win, and he did. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, what, what did you think of the Iron Throne spot where Jericho built, or not Jericho, where Owens built like a sandcastle with chairs on the outside? Ah, uh, that looks. Yeah, that. I don't under see how you take that without hurting yourself very, very badly. Because you, you don't, it's hard to gimmick a steel chair. <laughs> you know? I, I was cringing when he was building it. Yeah, it, it looked bad, no matter how he was going to do it, and I was sitting there thinking, I hope they don't actually put somebody into that, because that's not going to end well. I, I kind of figured they, someone would be Irish whipped into it, because at least that would be easier to brace yourself on. Yeah, rather but, than thrown into it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, he just got knocked off the top and went right straight through it. It was, it did not look good. It didn't, but neither does he. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, tell us all about the the highly contested and uh, uh, highly uh, look look forward to cruiserweight title match we saw. Well, they put it in the death spot for starters. <laughs> That's where the cruiserweights tend to go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, even from from a kayfabe stance, it's kind of it's just shits on the universal title even more because it went on before the cruiserweight title. Um, this entire show had a like a weird thing where the Champion always came out first, except for this match, I believe. So I was happy about that. Um, it was probably the second best match of the night, followed by the one after it. And even though Rich Swan seemed to have just won the title, he tapped out clean to Neville, so another heel wins a championship match cleanly. Unlike Kevin Owens. Yeah, exactly. Kevin Owens got sandwiched by better heels, essentially. I think the reason you notice the entrance is because... Uh... Everything else was heel champions, for the most, yeah. except for the pre-show. So they always send the heels out first, generally. I think so. Uh, yeah, we. I, I don't think anybody was surprised by this. They've been kind of building Neville as like the rising tide for a little while now, and he is a fantastic wrestler. There's no question about it. Uh, but I don't think anybody who watched this is like, oh my god, I can't believe they lost to Rich Swan or this Rich Swan lost. I think we were always figuring it's going to be. So it's a matter of time. <laughs> Well, it, it, it was kind of weird with the build-up for this, because they were essentially using the Perkins-Kendrick storyline for these two, saying Neville trained Rich Swan and Neville taught him everything he knows back in Japan, I believe it was. And now that they're here, Neville's like the teacher, whereas Swan's the student. 
mm-hmm. which is the exact same story they just told with Perkins and Kendrick. I'm glad you brought that up because that's the point I also want to make. I'm, I would be okay, and I would not be upset in the slightest if we could have a face in the cruiserweight division who wasn't homeless, his mother and father died, he was left on the street. I mean, when when every face that comes along tells me their sob story, one after the other, after the other, after the other, it loses a little something, you know, because I... by the time the next one comes around, I don't know who the next face challenger is going to be yet. I assume that Rich Swan will probably get a rematch yet already, and it might even be Jack Gallagher, who is probably the most over-cruiserweight in the whole division besides Neville. I expect when whoever comes up next, I can't wait to find out what relatives died, what street they used to live on, what refrigerator box they used to eat out of. I mean, whatever. It's just over and over and over again. We heard it with Perkins. We're getting it with Swan. You know, that's fine. But let's find other reasons to like the faces. And it's the only development they get is these promos talking about their backstory. Yeah, there is very little character development whatsoever in the Cruiserweight division at all. They just, you know, they have these, and then on Raw they have six-person tag matches, and you know, two hundred five live is an entertaining show, but virtually nobody watches it apparently. So it's kind of like winking in the dark; nobody knows you did it. So, well, it's also recorded right after SmackDown goes off the air, so the crowd's dead for it because they've already been sitting there for two, three hours. Absolutely, absolutely, and much the same way with this match because the crowd was dead for it. It was in the death spot, and it didn't help that it was like two, three hours after the show started. So they were just like, Ugh. anyway. Well done, Neville, I suppose. Uh, I feel weird congratulating someone who was scripted to win, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> well, you can say well done on getting good over. Yeah, very, very good job on getting over and a very inter- entertaining match. Yeah. For the longest time, he was known as the man creator forgot, so it, good on him for getting the crowd invested so quickly. Well, heel turns will do that sometimes. Uh, next up. Uh, what is argu- what is easily, in my opinion, I think most people's opinion, uh, the best match on the card, which would be the WWE Championship match with John Cena challenging AJ Styles. Tell us all about it and what you thought, Matt. Well, as you just said, it was easily the match of the night and definitely an early contender for match of the year. Uh, the- these two deliver every time they touch, and Styles seems to deliver every time he touches anybody, which sounds a lot dirtier than I meant it to. But AJ Styles in that ring from the past year has been solid money. No matter who he's up against, no matter what alignment he is, who, who his opponent is, whatever, AJ Styles is considerably the best wrestler in WWE, in my opinion. And John Cena is certainly no slouch. People say he's got five moves he can't wrestle, but I don't believe that at all. I think it's just people sour grapes over the way he's been booked. Uh, these two put on... I'm, I'm, I'm not normally one to put give stars to a match, but... This would be a five-star rematch in my book any day. Uh, there was maybe one too many attitude adjustments kicked out of, maybe one too many false finishes, but you, you got to give it up to them. They left everything I had in the ring, and they put the rest of the card to shame, really. Oh, oh yes. Uh, aside of the match we're going to get to next, this was the only match on the card I was looking forward to. I did not care about the Cruiserweight title. I certainly did not care about the Universal. And I already knew the outcome with the women's title. So was, this was the one I was looking forward to the most. And uh, these two, I, as, I, as you guys know, I don't watch the shows. I just watch the clips of the shows typically. typically uh, I will always watch a John Cena and AJ Styles promo. Because uh, <laughs> they're usually outstanding. So this was the match I look forward to. 
Uh, I read some comments from people who uh, thought that AJ should have won again. And to those people, I would say, you don't know Vince McMahon. Uh, <laughs> that's not the way he works. Uh, I, I knew going in that John Cena was most likely to win this match because it, he's just not going to lose to somebody, what, what, like three or four times now? I mean, he, that's just, that's just not going to happen. And this would have been the fourth, I mm-hmm. believe, if you counted triple threat match in which AJ pinned Dean Ambrose. Right. Well, either way, he, he's not going to lose four times with the same person. That just that, that, that will never happen. <laughs> so now, I... I I will say that I was a little disappointed that Styles lost this, not because I'm a Styles mark or I don't like Cena. It, it just seems that it validated the complete burial Cena gave AJ on the, that Good Morning America show on Tuesday, where they just called him some guy from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And even though you couldn't have booked AJ stronger in defeat <laughs> with, with this match, it still just seemed to... It still left a bad taste in my mouth based solely on that promo that was cut on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Or AJ just kind of stood there and took the burial with a smile on his face. Yeah, John Cena tri- uh, was channeling a little bit of Triple H with that, because that's the kind of promo Triple H likes to deliver on opponents. <laughs> much, and much... Yeah, the difference is Triple H is normally a heel. Well, yeah, but John Cena is booed like one, so... Oh, Roman Reigns is booed like one. Well, he, he was... He was Roman Reigns before Roman Reigns was. <laughs> yeah. So, either way, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, rumor is he's supposed to lose it quickly, so they're not going to make a big deal about it being a 16th win. Uh, fine, whatever. You know, the, people got there were some people who were really upset that he tied Ric Flair's record, and, you know, it's the same thing I say when people got upset about uh, New Day surpassing Demolition's record and actually got one guy in the wrestling media to, like, block me on Twitter for saying this which is kind of funny. Uh, the response was basically, look, this is all scripted, guys. Nobody actually did anything. <laughs> you know, New Day didn't actually beat up all those teams. They were scripted to beat them, just like Demolition was. It's all a work. It's all a work. Every, all of it. It's, just, it's like getting upset. because It's like getting, you know, having some kind of milestone when Rick kills his 1,000th zombie in The Walking Dead. It was scripted that way, man. <laughs> Chill out. So, you know, just like Ric Flair. Ric Flair was a 16-time champion. Well, that's fine. He was told to win 16 times, and he won 16 times, and was told to lose that time and three times, too. <laughs> but still. So, just chill out now. People who got upset about this was kind of silly to me. But, yeah, yeah the, the, whole, the whole amount of times he's won the title doesn't mean anything to me. Like you said, it's scripted. And uh, as far as, like, t- title lengths go, back in the day they had, like, four big shows. Now they have a big show every other week, it seems. Oh, they do. So, oh, they do. So, obviously, it's going to lead to more title changes just out of exposure alone. Yeah. So, that's why I never really cared about Demolition's record or uh, who else had... Uh, when, C- or when CM Punk was going around with like, this big punk record trying to break mm-hmm. things, like, it doesn't really mean much. So that's just the way that it is these yeah. days compared to the older days, but... Yeah, yeah, Cena wins, and he's our new champ. The champ is here once again. Indeed he is. And the only thing that got people more upset than this match that I saw on, on social media <laughs> was the Royal Rumble. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> now, that got some people pissed off, and that was very, very amusing as well. Uh, we're not going to go through all 30 entrants because that would take a while, and quite frankly, it's a very missable Royal Rumble. It's probably one of the uh, least entertaining Rumbles I can remember, and I've seen all of them. 
So it's not really one I'm going to go back for and be like, oh man, I got to relive this moment again. Uh, Suffice it to say, as you all probably already know, Randy Orton won the Royal Rumble. And Triple H had said earlier the week prior that, you know, he he said that he was sure that uh, people wouldn't see this one coming. Judging by the fury that happened, I'd say he was right. Uh, (laughs) Because nobody seemed to be happy about this. Well, other than the people of the crowd who they kind of trolled. But go ahead. (laughs) What did you think? Well, Meltzer saw it coming because he leaked Orton winning earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. But um, after number 30 came out, a lot of people were happy that Orton won. That was the whole purpose of that, yeah. Based on what I saw, where they were like, guess what, everyone? It could have been worse. Yeah, that's but, what, they set the bar low and cleared it really well. <laughs> like, they, they, this match was solely booked to be important on Raw, it seemed like. That's where Goldberg was, that's where Brock was, that's where Taker even was. And the three of those guys combined maybe shared 10 minutes in the match. And all of, them, and all of them came out at like 24 on. <laughs> they weren't even... Oh, you know. It was worse than that. It was 26, 28, and 29. Yeah, so yeah, that's, I didn't remember the numbers, but yeah, they didn't... You know, None of these guys really spent a whole lot of time in the ring. Um, no... I, Randy Orton, obviously, you know, probably would not have been the choice that I would have made, <laughs> uh, just because, well, you know, he's been, he, he's his time has come and gone, as far as I'm concerned. You know, he's, uh, I don't think he's going to be around a whole lot longer, because from what I've read, he kind of wants to take a, a, uh, a, a less pronounced involvement, and just kind of he wants, basically, what I read somewhere, he wants the Brock Lesnar schedule, and that made me laugh because no one's going to get that excited for Randy Orton. <laughs> <laughs> as made evident by this rumble nah, I mean, the only reason they were happy and cheering was because it was Roman that didn't win um, and also the logic of you know I know it's not a rule but I think if you lose your championship match you shouldn't be allowed to be in the Royal Rumble the same night yeah well where was AJ? he got screwed <laughs> that's where was he at why was he in there uh, it was clear the people they wanted to make they made I mean, obviously they wanted Baron Str- uh, Braun Strowman, I have to say, to uh, look like a monster. He did. They wanted to give Baron Corbin something good, because he so he eliminated uh, Strowman. Obviously they it's wanted. What's Sammy's job to do? Yeah, I know. This is WWE though, because this is why we can't have nice things. Um, obviously they wanted uh, what was his name? You know, Brock to look good because the last time we saw him, he lost in like ten seconds, and then Goldberg came out and was like, "Ha ha, you're out again." Brock <laughs> yeah, didn't look good. Well, he looked better than he did at the Survivor Series. Yeah, well, he lasted 30 <laughs> seconds when Goldberg was in the ring with him. Yep. And he was in there for four minutes at most before that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, How much money did he make on that four-and-a-half-minute four outing he had? I don't think it matters. I think he just makes the same amount anytime he shows up. And if that's the case, I say have him wrestle more often because you're not getting your money's worth by having him stand around jogging. But, <laughs> no, like, he was on Raw this past couple days ago and did absolutely nothing. That's what he does on Raw. He stands and jogs. You know, yeah, but you, you could get a cardboard cutout and save a lot of money. Thank you. That's, all what I, that's what I told people. Thank you. I agree with you 100% on that one. Uh, so, yeah, and, and coincidentally enough, we're going to get the SmackDown and Raw highlights. The winner of the Royal Rumble is going to apparently, apparently the winner of the Royal Rumble gets to face the champ at SmackDown. Which is new. Right. <laughs> it's no, of, it's anything but new. Yeah. Well, they're promoting it. Actually, they're promoting it like the first time ever. So. <laughs> For God's sakes. 
Yeah, they're promoting it as the first time ever on SmackDown Live. <laughs> Since the renaming of the show? Yes, yes. <laughs> it's the first time ever. Which makes no sense because they were in a tag match this week. Yep. But that's, oh, the, way that's the way they're promoting it. <laughs> Before we move on to that, I just want to give a couple of quick shout-outs here about the Rumble match itself. Jericho entered number two, was in there for the whole time. So he's, 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 he's now most... giving himself the hashtag 61-minute man. Well, he's been a lot of it on the floor, to be fair. Yeah, and Sami Zayn came in at eight, and he was there until the, about the end as well. Although he was a lot more active. It seemed like Sami, Sami Zayn and The Miz were having a contest to see who could commit suicide the quickest. Because whenever somebody big came in, they were both right there attacking them. Mm-hmm. Being the huge Miz fan that I am, I was screaming at him to stay down. But no, he kept getting up. He got choke slammed. He got speared. He got suplexed by Brock. He, he went through the gambit before uh, Roman Reigns came out and ruined everyone's night. As he tends to do. Yeah. Yeah. He got booed. He got booed. He made Rey Mysterio a couple years ago coming in at 30 seem tame compared to the reaction he got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, 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 was, I was fortunate enough to be linked to a, a compilation of fan reactions watching the Rumble. And they were all freaking out. An entire bar was booing. It was great. Another thing that we'll, what we'll touch on with the Rumble is the lack of surprises this year. Uh, see... If you're not going to have surprises, just go ahead and list your, you know, who all's going to be in it. Because when you leave, when you only announce 22 people out of 30, and you leave eight unannounced, as they did on, when we did this preview show, one assumes there are going to be some surprises involved because, you know, out of eight people, the chances are pretty good. Uh, but no, there wasn't. And I don't know about many of my listeners, or your listeners either, for that matter, uh, but a 30-person battle royal by itself is boring uh, for the most part. I watched the Royal Rumble for two things, to see who, if anybody new gets over, and to see who the surprises are. And there were no surprises. And for those of you who want to say that Ty Dillinger was a surprise, no, he wasn't. Um, James Ellsworth, I'm not sure why he has a job. He was not a surprise. Um there was no reason, you know, it could have had one, just one guy, anybody. It could have been, well, not Joe, because I realized he's going to show up later, but still, just one, even if it was just for one show. Well, they, had, they had Mark Henry at six. Yeah, boy. Uh, yeah. And, 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 and he was man. out by, and he was out by number eight. Uh, <laughs> I think it was. Uh, and also, uh, did you see the pictures? I posted some pictures on my Twitter. If you guys are listening, haven't watched it, go back to the Twitter. There's pictures. Some of the people rode to the Matt Reading ring for the Royal Rumble on golf carts. Pretty much, yeah. pretty much the big fat guys did. You know, Bray Wyatt, Big Show. I think Mark Henry and Braun Strowman did as well. They all rode to the ring on golf carts. How he did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How bad is your cardio when you can't walk to the fucking ring? Meanwhile, you got Carmella and James Ellsworth dancing down. Mm-hmm. And Big Cass came out. He had to walk the whole way while that little monkey was doing his promo for him. Oh, speaking of Big Cass, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you picked up on this or not, Mark, but during his opening spiel, which delayed the rumble even further, he said he's going to show everyone why the 29 other entrants are S-A-W-F-T. And then here comes number 27. His little buddy runs down to the ring. So does that mean that he's calling Enzo soft? 
I don't think he knew Enzo was going out there till this thing. <laughs> I don't get, you know, because Enzo, he's, he's kind of the comic relief because he actually doesn't, you know, he's, well, let's, his, his strengths are on the microphone, not in the ring. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so, either way, we needed some yeah, surprises. We needed surprises. There weren't any surprises. Thus, this that helped make this Royal Rumble even more boring, especially the way they did it. You know, at number 30, you think, oh, this is, because everybody you knew that was going to be in it was already out, and here's number 30, and you're like, oh, shit, here's something that happened. And then, doo-doo, doo-doo, and you're like, oh, fuck. By the way, Randy Orton wins the Royal Rumble, and apparently that means he'll get his title shot on SmackDown next week. So, the the, the prize for winning the Royal Rumble has really dropped in the few, <laughs> last few years. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't when- Back in 2010, when ADR won it, he jerked the curtain. Turns out you can get worse than that. Yeah, you, no one. I, I I have this feeling that it won't even be the main event when it comes off tonight. <laughs> so we'll see. It'll happen at the one hour mark. Yeah, it'll be right when the yeah right, right around the nine o'clock hour. Um. All right, so that covers all the world rumors. What did you think? Uh, how did you like the show? I'm sure most of you already tweeted out about this, but if you if you have thoughts about what we've just said, let me know. You can tweet Matt, Yappa Matt, and myself at what you say, Mark. You was a letter, not the word. And let us know what you thought. So maybe you could tell me why Kane wasn't in this. Yeah, well, a rumble without Kane just doesn't seem like a rumble to me. Seriously, seriously. Um, also, shout out to Apollo Cruz, who I forgot was employed. That's okay. A lot of people did. <laughs> he is. Uh, he he is, was a surprise entrant. He is the charisma. He is a charisma vacuum. He's you know he's he's where over goes to die. Uh, <laughs> on to the Raw and SmackDown highlights. Uh, something I always look forward to. Matt, take us away. All right. Well, you, if you missed Raw and SmackDown this week, I don't think you actually missed anything important. It was the, the week of rematches. Um, the show opens with big surprise, a promo uh, backstage, and it turns out that Kevin Owens apparently made an off-collar off remark about a month ago saying that once he beats Roman Reigns, Strowman's getting the next title match. And so Strowman comes out, pretty much begs him for a title match, which doesn't seem smart at all to build him up. Mick Foley comes out and is like, yeah, sure, why not? So we end up getting Strowman and Owens for the title. Match goes about five to seven minutes. Jericho gets destroyed before the match, which is kind of funny. And the match ends by Roman Reigns interfering. I like Because it. Kevin Owens doesn't have enough interference in his matches. So <laughs> Roman Reigns interferes on behalf of Kevin Owens just to screw over Strowman. Which means we'll probably get Reigns and Strowman at Fastlane. Hooray! And apparently Braun's the face of that, I guess. <laughs> you know... My favorite part of this match wasn't the match. My favorite part of this match in the clip I watched was when Strowman come out, he just put a boot in Jericho's chest just to get started. He's like, no, we're not doing this again. Just wham! And it's, all right, let's have the match now. That was fantastic. That is, that is fantastic logic. He has seen this man help him over and over and over again. He's like, you know what? I'm going to solve this problem first. Big boot. <laughs> <laughs> he solved the problem, all right. <laughs> you know, so that was my favorite part of the match. I didn't care about the rest of it. So. And, of course, like you said, Reigns interfered because, you know, we have to do 50-50. And that's what happened last night. So now he has to get his uh, uh, he has to get his comeuppance, so to speak, his heat back, if you will. So I don't think anybody actually thought Strowman was going to win anyway. 
No, absolutely not. But I, I, I was holding out hope that maybe KO could actually win a match on his own, but no. No, no, no. Only only if the title's not on the line. Yeah. So, other than that, the highlights of Raw included a six-person intergender match between the tag champs and Charlotte taking on Cesaro, Sheamus, and Bailey. I like this as a highlight. Go ahead. Well, it's a highlight in that they gave Bailey her quote-unquote win back by pinning Charlotte on Raw again. Charlotte needs to just stop wrestling on Raw. She really does. Just stick to house shows or something because, you know, that's that. Stick to the live events and the pay-per-views. It is rare in WWE that a champion wins a non-title match. They almost, they almost, they almost always lose their non-title matches. Almost all the time. I can't actually remember the last time Jericho won a match and he's the U.S. champion. Exactly. You know, the, the only exception would be Kevin Owens. He actually wins his non-title matches and then has cheats and then cheats to win his title one. So, <laughs> Technically, he's been undefeated for God knows how long. But well, as he said, he is the longest reigning universal champion in WWE history, so. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, Smarks. <laughs> so, did, did you enjoy the tag, the intergender tag match? And the next question is, has anybody ever enjoyed an intergender tag match? Go ahead. I really enjoyed the intergender tag match at WrestleMania 6, but that's beside the point. Here, no. This one made absolutely... like It was just, it was your typical Raw match where people do moves, tag out, more moves, tag out. There was no real story here, I felt. It's, just, it's always hard to tell a story in an intergender match in the first place. And Bailey winning, kind of predictable, making sure she's not getting completely buried after losing clean on the Rumble... But nothing really gets forwarded here. I guess they're going to try and stick with Bailey and Charlotte going into Fastlane at least. I wish that, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of creativity to explain to me why Charlotte's hanging out with these guys or why Bailey's hanging out with these guys because you've never ever seen them together before. <laughs> but well, tonight they, they, they were. Had a, they had a backstage segment earlier in the show, Mark, where Seamus and Cesaro were arguing. Bailey came over and told them all to have a hug. And then the club and Charlotte came over and called them nerds and losers. Yeah, they need to drop that word nerds from their vocabulary because no one actually uses that word that I know of anymore. And I guess the men and the women that get to wander in each other's locker room, which is lucky for the guys, I guess, because, man, I would be all the time in a women's locker room. <laughs> Whatever. Nobody... Well, there's, there's a little insight into one of our hosts here. <laughs> well, I mean, if you can wander in and out anytime you want, what the hell? All right, what else you got? Um, Sasha loses to Nia Jax again. Uh, this match lasted about as long as the first one did. It's impressive when you do a rematch of the pre-show. Yeah. <laughs> and this one was kind of weird where Sasha was put in a submission hold. The bell rang. No one knew what was going on. And the bell rang again. And the referee's like, okay, the match is over. The bell rang a third time. So I, it didn't look like they were setting up an angle or anything. Nia Jax just keeps this. She had like, it was, Sasha looked like she was in a Boston Crab. But Nia was essentially just sitting on her leg. Yeah. And then Bailey came out to plead with Nia to stop hurting her friend. So I maybe they'll do Bailey and Nia in a number of contenders match again. Because we didn't see enough of that the first time. Was it wasn't it Bailey who when they had that Survivor Series tag match it like tapped Nia out in like three seconds as soon as she put on her submission hole? No, it was Becky. Oh, okay. Well, Bailey and Nia were both on Raw. Well, Bailey, yeah. Bailey, if you're watching, I know you're not, but if you, if somebody knows Bailey, pass the word. Nia is not good with submissions. So. <laughs> she, she has no tolerance for them. So she quits immediately. 
So that, I don't think we're seeing Bailey do his division hold. There, there's your insight right there. So, all right, keep going. What else we got? Uh, nothing. So, <laughs> right, right, hang on, you're forgetting. You're gonna forget all the the part that everybody was talking about on Twitter now. Oh, no, that wasn't a match. The the quote unquote main event of the show sees Triple H come out and cut a promo where he talks about things that everyone already knows. Ends up calling out Rollins. Rollins comes down. He gets all hyped up. Triple H takes off his jacket. The crowd starts getting hyped. And just as Rollins makes it down the ramp, he gets jumped by dun dun dun. Samoa Joe is here. A day too late to be in the Rumble. <laughs> maybe maybe his maybe his car got uh, had some car troubles. Uh, or he was abducted by ninjas backstage. Well, some God, that damn nation of violence. <laughs> um, <laughs> being, being abducted by ninjas backstage is kind of some just it, it works out. But anyways, he's here tonight, and he takes out Rollins, gives him a beating, ends it with the Koji clutch in the center of the ring, and the show ends with Samoa Joe looking down at the beaten Rollins. It's, imp- it's uh, impressive that in a Koji clutch you can injure somebody's knee, but go ahead. Yeah, the, <laughs> the breaking story out of this is Seth Rollins hurt his right knee again and might miss Mania. The same knee he had surgically repaired at that. Yeah, so that's bad news for a couple of people. It kind of gives Joe absolutely no direction already. So good on you for missing the Rumble, I guess. Obviously, it hurts Rollins, who also missed the Rumble. So he didn't get a paycheck there, and he might not get one for Mania. And like, good news for the rest of the world is Triple H might not have to have a match. I, I know I'm not. I know I, know I haven't shed any tears over that realization. Um, I, Triple H books himself the same way all the time. It seems like anymore. So it's just uh, he never. He, he's like his wife. You know, he has to get over on everybody all the time. And once a year, he might get his comeuppance. <laughs> That's just kind of the way he does. I, I see where she gets it from. You know, I understand now. Uh, I, let's hope Rollins is able to come back because I actually do like Seth Rollins a lot, and I hate to see him miss the biggest show of the year because of an injury. And it's also probably not going to do much for his stock if he isn't, if he does, even if he is injured and comes back, they're going to be like, this guy is way too injury prone. Uh, we probably shouldn't do much with him. You know, he, he'll be, he'll be relegated to mid card at that point. That's the same tag that Sasha's gotten recently. Well, she's, she's too fragile, I believe is the word. Well, there, there, so, might, there might be something to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. But that's not something you want to attach to your name. No, so, not when, not WWE especially. They, if you're if you're too fragile, man, you you, you get on the pre-show a lot. Ask Sasha. Um, so, hopefully Rollins is okay. We we wish him a speedy recovery because he's one of the most entertaining things on Raw. He is. CrossFit Jesus is one of my favorites. Yeah, so, and uh, it, if if he's not going to be on Raw, then dear God, <laughs> I I don't envy the guy who has to watch Raw for this podcast. Oh, wait a minute. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Good job. That's that's the that's the uh, perks of being a co-host, I guess. Um, <laughs> onward, onward to the Blue Brand, which is traditionally a better watch, better show to watch, and usually more entertaining than Raw, in my opinion. What happened on SmackDown this week? And it's an hour less, which is even better. Oh yeah, fan fantastic. So, we we start out by Shane McMahon telling Styles he's not going to be getting a one-on-one rematch. Instead, he's throwing him in the chamber with four other guys. Uh, Corbin, Miz, Bray Wyatt, and Dean Ambrose, the reigning Intercontinental Champion, are going to be joining Styles and Cena inside the Elimination Chamber, which, in case you don't know, is in two weeks. Because why would we want to build up to a match like that? Oh, 
Yep, Cena, Wyatt, Miz, Corbin, Ambrose, Styles. Uh, the early, the, uh, I've read rumors that say this is where Bray's supposed to become the champion. So that way we'll have champions on both shows who are significantly overweight. And at least one's more entertaining. So I don't know if that's going to happen. That's just what I've been reading. Yeah, well, it, it sounds like they're going to do that. And then that'll lead to a triple threat at Mania for I the would, title. I would put this title on the Miz. Uh, he's doing the best work of all of them combined as far as on the mic and wrestling. AJ has fantastic matches. His mic work is hit or miss from time to time. Miz is the only one of these guys who hits it out of the park on the commentary, on the microphone, in the ring, consistently, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, well, uh, you're not going to get arguments from me. <laughs> okay. uh, Ambrose being the Intercontinental Champion makes no sense being in this match. No. Uh, I don't think Corbin's ready for a main event. And no. when we get to the main event of SmackDown, you'll have ample opportunity to criticize Corbin because he shits the bed horribly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But there's your main event for the Elimination Chamber. Woo. Um, you know what would be interesting? You know what would be interesting? I had this, this, this came to me. What if, since they have so many women, what if they had the women have a title match in the Elimination Chamber on SmackDown? What do you think? Oh, that would make perfect sense considering they had six women tag on Rumble. They had another tag this week. So if you throw them all in the chamber, it would give them one of the first time ever things that they love doing with the women. And... <laughs> The majority of the women on SmackDown, I would say almost all of them, can actually go. Oh, yeah. So it would be a great match, I believe. And it would, would be a way to get the belt off Bliss without pinning her, if that's what they wanted to do. I personally think Bliss is the best woman on SmackDown right now. Well, actually, they'd have to pin her to get her out of the chamber. I mean, you, you can't really get eliminated without getting pinned. Yeah, but it, it's, it's less impactful if you eat, like... Four different finishes, and then you pin. They do that on main events anyway, so that's fine. All right, well, that's just an idea. Uh, it would be cool if they would do it. I think, like you said, it would make perfect sense considering the way they're doing it, but I have a feeling it's just going to be Alexa and Naomi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Becky and uh, Mickey have their match, and I guess Natalia and Nikki look menacingly at each other. Um, all right, next well, up. They, what, they might jump each other backstage. <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen that yet. Right, right. Uh, one, one, one highlight I think we should bring up, and I know you can bring it up anyway, so let's go ahead and just jump right into it. As we saw uh, uh, John Cena team up with Luke Harper, who is apparently a face now, against Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. Uh, I watched the clip of this match for two reasons. I actually watched this one twice. The reason I watched it twice was because I wanted to see if Luke Harper uh, ever actually touched Bray Wyatt, because I actually went up and got something to drink during part of it and came back, and he hadn't done it yet. <laughs> And the only time he ever did was when he was about to kiss him on the head. So that was special. Um, <laughs> when he was about to give him the sister Abigail. Uh, so, you know, Orton. <laughs> Orton pinned Cena. Because, again, unless you're Kevin Owens, you're not allowed to win non-title matches on either show. So Orton pinned Cena. And I want to congratulate Randy Orton because after winning the Royal Rumble, he gets to face John Cena on SmackDown next week. Who cares about Ooh. who cares about WrestleMania? It's fucking SmackDown, man. <laughs> and they're my, and they're billing it as the first time ever. Go ahead. <laughs> my favorite thing about this is that this is going to be a week before the Elimination Chamber pay per view. So on the Go Home Show, Cena, who has five different challenges for his title, will be facing none of them. Yes. Because why would we want to build to that match? 
I guess Orton's just got. You want to see Randy Orton take on John Cena again? I guess Orton just gets the not off at Elimination Chamber. <laughs> That's what I have to have the match, maybe. Well, I, I'm not. Normally, these like they might do Elimination Chamber like they've been doing the NXT specials and just have it be two hours because I can't think of any other match that would be on there aside from the Chamber and the Women's Championship match. The uh, American Alpha had a really weird segment where, like, five other tag teams came out, they all fought, and then left. So I don't know what they're doing with them. Although it's nice that they remember they had them. I hope it's not going to set up another tag team elimination chamber. I did not enjoy the first one. Well, the first one didn't make any sense. <laughs> this one won't make it much better. So, okay. uh, it's, it seems like they're going to do, like, a tag team turmoil again. Which is how they determined the tag team number one contender match and uh, tag team number one contenders in the first place last time. So why why repeat that? Because it's WWE, I guess. Yeah, well, while SmackDown has a much fuller tag division, they don't do any more with theirs than Raw does. Yeah, at least Raw's made it on the pre-show. Right, SmackDown didn't even get the chance. So yeah, that's American Alpha. You know, uh, they they. they're a very talented team. I'm not sure they're very popular, though. You know, there's not really any over teams on the division, as far as I'm concerned. They're all just kind of, meh. Some are okay. Some are, you know, whatever. And then you got, you know, Ascension. So. <laughs> the Ascension. <laughs> you know, basically the Road Warriors, if you lock them in the dryer. Um, <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Go ahead. What's the next? <laughs> they should have put Paul Ellering with the Ascension. That would have been great. He's too busy with a, he's too busy with the two guys that eat. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Toka and Razor. Uh, so what we what else we saw in SmackDown was a tag match: Becky and Naomi taking on Bliss and Mickey. And again, rematch from Rumble. Just like there, we see the split leg of moonsault lead to Naomi pinning Alexa Bliss again, clean in the middle of the ring. Yep. So she's definitely not winning that belt when she gets a shot. <laughs> I know a lot of Naomi fans. I've, I've uh, tweeted me in the past, excuse me, in the past about her, and they all feel like you know she's long overdue. As, as, as Matt just said, all these wins, it ain't happening. It's just not gonna. <laughs> she will never ever beat Alexa for the title at this point. It's over. It'd be different if Alexa beat her over and over again. Then you might have a chance. But no, this isn't gonna happen. I'm sorry. Now, the good this, news is you'll get to keep saying she's long overdue. That's right. That's right. And then once she finally does win it, you'll tell them you'll complain it was too soon. So, looks like it's kind of what they did with Daniel Bryan for some of them, or some of them did, I should say, when he finally won. But yeah, uh, two things I noticed about this match, and none of, and none of it had to do with Indy. Uh, one, for some reason, Alexa Bliss was wrestling in a t-shirt. I don't know if she forgot the top. I don't know. It's whatever. Uh, I don't know why that stood out to me. And two, my favorite part of the match was her trolling the referee, where she did the spot where she stands on her hair and then pulls her hands up, and the referee's counting, and she's counting with him. She, he's like, one. He's like, one, two, three, four. Yeah. So that was tremendous. <laughs> Alexa Bliss is probably my favorite woman in the entire roster right now who's active. So she's just, you know, I love her facial expressions. I, I love everything about her. So she's fantastic. I'm right there with you. She's, she's the best thing in the women's division on either show, as far as I'm concerned. Definitely the most no. entertaining. Yeah, it's it's her Charlotte in terms of importance, but I would definitely give her the nod in entertainment value. You mm. let Charlotte talk, and I want to hide my head under the grass. Yeah, it, it's clear that Mike skills can skip a generation. 
In her, in her case. But um, uh, <laughs> So, yes, Naomi wins again, which means she's never going to be the champion. Wah, wah, wah. Well, maybe um, not never, but certainly not soon. Not not while Alexa's the champion, apparently. Um, mm. Which makes me kind of curious. I assume that means Nikki Bella will be the one who does it, maybe? I don't know. Uh, and, of course, in the main event, the uh, Styles versus the Dean Ambrose for, for a non-title. And this holds true to our meme. If you're a champion yeah. in a non-title match. <laughs> unless you're Kevin Owens, if you're a champion in a non-title match, you, you don't allow it to win. Fuck that. So... <laughs> And uh, as good as this match was, the highlight for me was Miz on commentary. Yeah, Miz, Miz is fantastic. There's no question about that. I agree with about, you. About halfway through the match, Baron Corbin came down to join the commentary booth, and boy, howdy, did he get destroyed by the Miz. Yeah. Baron Corbin uh, is to SmackDown commentary what Byron Saxon is to Raw commentary. Uh, he does not need to be on the microphone uh, on the commentary. He is not good at it. He's absolutely terrible. I mean, he, he makes it through his promos pretty well, but being on commentary, no, no, especially when you're supposed to do opposite Miz, that's just not even fair. Yeah, <laughs> Miz's improv skills are amazing. Baron Corbin's improv skills are non-existent. Yeah, I mean, he only has, like, two good lines in his whole lot in, in the whole repertoire, like, go back to Ring of Honor, and I'm better than you. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's, his, that's his canned catchphrase. <laughs> And when it comes to the Miz, neither one is true. Exactly. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't hold true. Um, I'm not a big fan of Baron Corbin. I've never been a big fan of him. Uh, if any, you know, he, he is uh, he is talented, but he's not that great. I'm not sure what the big, you know, what 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 all the hype is about for some people. Uh, he seems he's, a bit. He seems, he seems to be about hit hit and miss. I mean, I know about as many people that think he's great as I know people who think he's crappy. <laughs> How do you feel about Baron Corbin? Um, yeah, hit and miss seems the best way to describe him. Uh, his, he's got some cool moves, but they're contrived as hell. And I, like, I, I've got a buddy of mine who rages at the TV whenever Baron Corbin's even on there. So I, I definitely get what you're saying about some people hating him. I, 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 just, I can't be bothered to hate him. He's, he's mostly inoffensive in terms of the way I view him. Um, Vince has been booking monsters since I started watching back in the 80s, so I'm, I'm used to the Corbin type. I just, I don't, don't think he's something any, he, he's not impressing me, I guess is the way to put it. Yeah. The most impressive thing to me about Baron Corbin is his entrance. And that's about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying he's bad. He doesn't elicit a response from me, really. I mean, he, he, be it good or bad, I don't, I don't get excited when I know he's going to be on the show. And I don't get irritated. It's just like, okay, it's Baron Corbin. And I'm pretty sure that's not what they're hoping for. But like I said, I'm, I fall in the lapsed viewer category. So they're not really interested in me. They're interested in their hardcore fans. And the hardcore fans clearly, or some of the hardcore fans, all of them, some of them clearly have a, a, a very healthy appreciation for one Baron Corbin. Um, here's the thing with me. Corbin was in a five-month feud with Dolph Ziggler that went nowhere. Then he went to a three-month feud with Kalisto, which also went nowhere, and now he's in the main event scene. I don't know who thought this path would lead to him getting over, but it certainly didn't work with me. Hmm. No. Well, uh, I, me either, really, so I understand that entirely. Um, all right. We've covered Raw, SmackDown, the Rumble. 
Next week, we will be doing our Elimination Chamber predictions, of course, because it's the next fucking pay-per-view, and you, you blink and you miss them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> actually, we're actually going to get into that next week and to find out and see if we can find out how many pay-per-views is too many pay-per-views. So well, that'll be another topic we'll probably be discussing. But first, viewer mail. Um, I have some comments from our from our inaugural uh, uh, show. And uh, one in particular is a young lady who I happen to know and uh, constantly comments on most everything I tweet, be it mostly wrestling related, but still. Uh, and she goes by Raz, who's a very nice young woman. Big, big, big New Day fan, Raz. And coincidentally, we haven't seen New Day on Raw this week, so that was kind of interesting. Usually, I don't think they've missed one in a while. But anyway, Raz, my friend, had took slight issue with a comment from my co-host here when we were discussing uh, Razor Ramon in the Hall of Fame last week. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Do you remember what you said about Razor Ramon last week in the Hall of Fame, Matt? Mostly. All right, well, recap it for us. It wasn't very complimentary. I don't. Razor Ramon didn't doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. That that was my big gripe with it. Is Scott Hall, the wrestler who portrayed Razor, should have been in the Hall of Fame under Scott Hall. Instead, they put a character which was portrayed by two people in the Hall of Fame. All right. Well, my friend Raz, who commented on the show, says, and I'm going to quote her directly because I have the tweet open here. Uh, at me, of course. I say, I gotta disagree with Matt. Razor belongs because the impact of Razor being in WCW was huge. So I think the point that she's trying to make is, is regardless of the name, whether it goes by Razor or Scott Hall or, you know, whoever he wants to go by, I think her point is, is he definitely belongs regardless of whether he goes in as Razor or Scott Hall. What do you think? Well, that's kind of the point I was making, is that Razor Ramon going in under Razor, he's the only wrestler to go in as a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Which was my big gripe with it. I even said last week, oh, yeah. Scott Hall should be in the Hall of Fame. Razor Ramon, the character, should not. Scott Hall has decades of contributions to wrestling. Yeah. Like You can't even include the NWO when you're talking about Razor Ramon. You can't even include the NWO lethal dose of poison that Vince McMahon <laughs> injected in 2002. Because he came in as Scott Hall, not Razor Ramon. So the fact that he's called Razor Ramon in the Hall of Fame was my big issue. Not that not was, that the wrestler shouldn't be in. That was her he thing. Be in under Scott Hall. I think that's her thing too. I think her point is is that it shouldn't matter what his name is. He just you know whether you call him Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, the bad guy, you know, uh, uh, Razor Cubano, whatever you want to call him. I think her point is is it doesn't matter what they call him because he's in and it's where he belongs to be, regardless of he's going, regardless what they put him in as. It's it's the lack of consistency that bothers me. Kevin Nash got put in as Kevin Nash. Scott Hall did not. Why? I don't know. If you you know, please feel free to treat one of us at Yappa Matt or at What You Say Mark. Because we need to know why Scott Hall is not Scott Hall in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Well, yeah. Dear Triple H, if you're listening, please, please tweet at us. Let us know why he's called Razor Ramon in the hall and not Scott Hall. <laughs> well, I'm Hall sure. for the hall. I'm Hashtag sure. hall for the hall. There you go. And that's, that's what I'll end this on. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll hear uh, from our. Uh, we'll hear some some theories on that, but I, I'm not going to be waiting on the WWE to let us know. 
Uh, <laughs> but yes, if you do want to uh, send us your comments about anything we talk about on the show, whether you liked it, didn't like it, agree with it, disagree with it, whatever. Uh, like I said, you can find us both on Twitter. Give us a follow. Uh, Matt is at Yappa Matt, Y-A-P-P-A Matt, two T's obviously. And of course, I'm at what you say, Mark. You is the letter, not the word. So you can follow us both there, and I assure you we will talk about wrestling quite frequently. And if you happen to play Supercard, you will probably talk a lot more with Matt than you will me. Because I know, <laughs> I know you, you're you quite the Supercard buff. So. Uh, I, I, I'm top tier, as they say. Yes, well, that, that, you're definitely the one to talk to about that, and I'm sure you'll probably get some comments about that, or one of us will. So, I've also started playing the new WWE Champions game. I tried that, actually. I, pl- I downloaded that the other day, and I played with it for about 15 minutes, and I was done. I'm yeah, it's, it's essentially Puzzle Quest clone. It reminded me of uh, the uh, WWE All-Stars, uh, that old game that came out about four or five, six years ago. Because at the 2011. top... Yeah, yeah, six, okay. So you got the wrestlers <laughs> at the top, and then you're sitting there playing match three on the bottom. And it just, you know... I, I've, I've played enough match three games. I'm not... <laughs> they don't interest me anymore. So, you know, it was nice. It was fun, but it wasn't anything I would keep for a... Uh, on my phone. As a matter of fact, as soon as I was done, I, I installed it. So, you know, that, that, there it is. Uh, the, other, the only other WWE uh, mobile game is Immortals, and I don't really care about that either. So, uh, I played that one for about 15 to 20 minutes. Realized it was the exact same as the uh, Mortal Kombat game for uh, DC, and uninstalled that. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, there's, there's a lot of copying. So Yeah, there's a lot of game clones. There you go. So yes, next week on the show we will be discussing the predictions for the Elimination Chamber, uh, which probably will not be a whole lot because I can't see them having that many matches on the show because SmackDown is really not, you know, <laughs> that big of a deal. And of course we will be talking about uh, how many pay-per-views are too many pay-per-views. Spoiler alert, what we have now is too many. <laughs> well, you have two a month, almost every month. And also... Also, we'll be doing, of course, the Raw and SmackDown highlights, as we always do. And possibly, maybe, uh, we will be talking a little bit about Paige and Alberto Del Rio. And basically, the Jerry Springer saga that is their life right now. Which is kind of disgusting. (laughs) So, we will will get into all that. and And who knows what else we'll find out about. So any, any news that happens to break that week, we'll also be covering that as well. So, Matt, any any parting comments for our fine listeners before we wrap up here this week? Um, just thanks for listening, and don't feel shy to contact either one of us. Oh, yeah. we're, we're both social media butterflies, as they say. And, and, feel, and feel free to share the show with a friend. Uh, yeah. Like and retweet. That helps a whole lot. You know, if, if you like our show, feel free to share it. If you hate our show, share it with somebody who tortured them. We, we, we'll take either one. Send, send them to somebody you don't like, and that just, you know, a listen, hey, man, a download's a download, you know? Yeah. So we're, we're good either way. If they download it, and you know, if they like it, great. But if not, that's fine. You know, you didn't pay anything. So anyway, we will see you back here next week, and I'll possibly, maybe, possibly have news on who our first guest is going to be on the show on that week as well. So we will see, exactly, we'll see you next week right back here on the Gorilla Position.